0: neuroscience behind emotional intelligence and how does it affect us in our lives? Well, that's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. So hey, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Do you have your coffee? Let's go. So the neuroscience of emotional intelligence, what does that mean exactly? Well, our EQ is a crucial measurement of our ability to understand ourselves and other people and to identify and regulate emotion. Guess who has a very low EQ? Probably your narcissist. The EQ can predict our career success, our relationships and more. So it's really an important and highly valuable asset to have, right? Emotional intelligence appears to correlate with IQ, and it is generally thought that you can train your emotional intelligence by learning to better understand your motivation and the motivations and the actions of other people. How about that? Who do we know that could benefit from that? narcissist? Oh, yeah, good. okay. But while emotional intelligence can certainly be broken down into a series of learnable abilities, it is also strongly linked to our personalities and to the neurological processes. In many ways, our capacity for understanding emotions and controlling our own emotions is biological, as in we were born that way, but stick with me and we're gonna talk about how all of this works. Okay, let's start with emotions. Our emotions are generally regulated by neurotransmitters and by hormones that our body releases in response to a range of different stimuli. So a good example of that would be when the body releases endorphins or feel-good hormones and these act as antidepressants which help us combat pain and stress. They're produced when we think about people we love and when we're very happy. Oh and also when we exercise. Meanwhile, we also produce cortisol the stress hormone. We do that when we think about things that make us anxious or when we wake up to our alarm clock, cortisol. We produce norepinephrine when we're scared, melatonin when we're tired, and dopamine when we're focused and motivated. Ultimately, these chemicals tell our brain how we should feel about certain things, whether we should remember them, and how our body should respond. But everyone has different levels of these chemicals meaning some people are just naturally happier than other people. The good news is that tools like cognitive behavior therapy can teach us to control our reactions to things by seeing them in a different way, reframing as it were. This is the first step toward better emotional intelligence. Let's talk about empathy. Empathy, it turns out, is controlled by mirror neurons, okay, which fire in the brain when we see other people, when we see someone get rejected by a crush on TV, our mirror neurons fire off and we feel sad for that person. Likewise, when we see someone smiling at us, our mirror neurons fire and we produce serotonin and we feel happier. See? (laughs) This is what gives us empathy. This is what largely makes it possible for many of our social, social interactions. At the same time, when you see someone smile, you will tend to automatically copy that gesture and smile yourself. This in turn can lead to something we call facial feedback, which basically means that we produce neurotransmitters that are keeping in with the expression that we're pulling. So what does that mean? It means if you smile, your body is programmed to make you feel better. How about that? Your body recognizes that that smile means happy and it gives you more of those happy hormones, happy neurotransmitters. So if you want to feel better, try smiling. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Alright, that's all I've got for you today. Tell me, How do you feel about emotional quotient? How do you feel about EQ? Here's the question of the day. Do you think that you have a high EQ or a low EQ? Do you think that even if you have a high EQ, do you think you can benefit from more knowledge about the EQ? And how do you think EQ fits with narcissism? I'll tell you a little tip. It doesn't. Most narcissists have very low EQs. We can talk about that in another video though. I'm gonna wrap up for now. Tell me your thoughts in the comments below and let's talk about this. If you'd like me to produce more videos on EQ, let me know in the comments and give me a like. All right, I'll see you soon. Have a wonderful day everybody. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. See you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. What is emotional quotient? If IQ is intelligence quotient, EQ is emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. Put simply, this measure represents your ability to understand other people and to influence their decisions and their decision-making processes for your own ends. While that might sound a little bit manipulative and it certainly can make manipulation easier, it is also important simply to aid in the development of and the strengthening of relationships and to help you get along with other people. That's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome Narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. That sounds good to you hit that subscribe button And let's get going but first do you have your coffee today? I'm using my queen bee cup one of which came from my sister and her boyfriend and the other one I have too came from an awesome viewer. Let's start with discussing the power of EQ in a business setting or in many other arenas, emotional intelligence can actually become more and more valuable than IQ. Think about it for a moment. As an employer, who would you rather work with? Someone who was attentive, who listened to you, listened to what you had to say, who could communicate well and was able to change the opinions of other people? Or would you rather have someone who was great at math and didn't know how to get on with the team. The vast majority of business, it has to do with communication and working with other people. This makes it a highly valuable skill. Outside of work, emotional intelligence is also really important. This is what makes someone a great parent, the ability to sympathize with their children and to motivate them to behave in a way that makes their life better. Likewise, it's also undoubtedly the biggest factor when it comes to finding security and love in a romantic relationship. So how do you measure and train for better EQ? How do you measure EQ and how do you train for it? Well, it's interesting to compare and contrast IQ and EQ, but it's also important to realize that they are actually related. There's a correlation between IQ and EQ, meaning that someone generally who is more intelligent may end up being more emotionally intelligent as well, not in every case, but often. This is no doubt because someone intelligent will be better able to predict the actions, emotions, and motivations of other people. Other studies have shown that intelligent people are more trusting for the same reasons. This suggests that emotional intelligence can be learned to an extent. While our own emotions might be heavily influenced by genetics and neurochemistry, learning how to act And learning how others act and increasing our memory and attention can help us to improve our EQ. Measurement of emotional intelligence is then also possible to help other people get an idea of just measurement of emotional intelligence is then also possible in order to get an idea of just how adept any given person is at understanding emotions. A lot of books exist, however, the practicality of each is something that is pretty controversial. It's kind of a whole topic of its own, you know what I'm saying? What do you think? So like I said, EQ is the ability to understand emotions and thoughts of other people as well as your own and then to use this understanding to guide your behavior and the behavior of others in certain cases such as your children. In other words, someone with a high EQ is able to figure out the motivations and the feelings of other people and then use this to guide their action toward the best outcome. So in many ways EQ is actually a more useful measure than IQ when it comes to predicting career performance and general life satisfaction. But how do you go about measuring such an abstract concept? Well, that all depends on who you ask. And in fact, there are three separate models of EQ, each with their own views and ideas on the topic. Let's talk about each one really quickly, shall we? Number one, the ability model. So the ability model comes from psychologists, Silovian Meyer, uh, who describe EQ purely in terms of ability. In this case, it's the ability to perceive and integrate emotion and the capacity to reason about emotion. All of that comes with the end goal of course of enhancing personal growth. It also encompasses the ability to manage emotion, so not to fly off the handle at the slightest provocation and to know how to calm other people down. Ability model based tests are the most similar to IQ tests, but in some cases the answer is more subjective, though guided by social norms. Now let's talk about the mixed model. The mixed model was introduced by Daniel Coleman, and he suggests that an EQ encompasses a vast array of separate skills and competencies, but also focuses mostly on leadership. These skills and abilities can generally be broken down into the following ways self-awareness, self-regulation, social skills, empathy, and motivation. Whether or not motivation can be considered as an aspect of emotional intelligence is a contentious point. That's why the validity of the mixed model is called into question, but it remains perhaps the most popular interpretation among businesses due to the focus on leadership. Now, let's talk about the trait model. The trait model is from Constantinos Vasilis Petrides, Petrides? It's one that views EQ as more of a series of traits as opposed to abilities. So this subtle difference suggests that there's a less trainable set of abilities. In fact, this model goes as far as to suggest that the EQ itself is a personality trait and should be assessed within larger personality frameworks. The trait model is measured via basically self-reported stuff, which might make it a little bit unreliable if you think about it, but it has brought forth one of the most popular EQ tests, the trait of emotional intelligence questionnaire. The moral of the story is that no theory of EQ is perfect. So you need to use your own EQ when assessing your ability and the ability of other people. So that's all I've got for you on this topic today, but we're going to continue this series this week and I'm going to go into more depth and and answer your questions on this topic. One question that's already come forward is, how do you increase your emotional intelligence? And that is something that I will be covering in this series as well. So stay tuned for that one. If you haven't subscribed yet, now might be a good time to hit that button and I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for being a part of mine. means a lot to me. I sincerely appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. You might be an empath if you're somebody who watches my channel. So you may already know this, but just in case you don't. A large percentage of communication is unspoken. In fact, according to some sources, nonverbal communication accounts for anywhere between 55 and 93% of what you're saying. While exact numbers might vary, what everyone seems to agree on is that unspoken communication is even more important than what you're actually saying during any given interaction. That's what we're going to talk about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you, Hit that subscribe button and let's get going. But first, get yourself a cup of coffee, huh? One of the key aspects of emotional intelligence is the ability to understand the feelings and motivations of other people. And if that's the case, then reading body language can play a really important part in communication and understanding people. You do it all the time unconsciously, so let's take a look at how we can start to do it more consciously and maybe help you navigate through the world a little better, hmm? Let's give it a try. Here's some basics. There are a lot of different examples of body language that individual people can have. So there are different body language elements that can be interpreted to guess kind of what someone's thinking or feeling. Let's start with a few of these just to get the ball rolling, shall we? Arms folded. When you see someone with their arms folded, they're displaying a very closed off body language. That suggests that they're not interested in what's being said or that they don't agree with it. So I'm sure you've seen that a lot with narcissists. Another one is foot direction. So the direction someone's foot points when they're standing or sitting can tell you what they're really interested in. So if their feet are pointed toward the door, it might mean that, they're trying to, that they want to leave. If their feet are pointed toward another person in the room, it might be that they're interested in that person. The same often goes for the angle of their body. Here's another little tip for you, finger pointing to the temple. If someone is resting on their hand and their finger is pointed at their temple, this suggests that they're interested in what you have to say. Then there's mirroring. If you see two people whose body language mirrors each other, this suggests they have a rapport and they like each other. Then there's touching. When a man touches another man to pat him on the back or shoulder, it's often a sign of dominance, believe it or not, and it marks the initiator as the alpha. So you might notice that sometimes a guy won't like it if a guy touches him on the shoulder or in certain ways, because not because they're homophobic, but because they recognize that that guy has called himself out as the alpha. Interesting to keep all this in mind. The mistake that many people make when reading body language is to look at the individual signs in an isolated way and to forget the context. So for instance, you might think that someone who has their arms crossed is closed and uninterested in what you have to say, but if it's cold they might just be doing it to stay warm. So you got to put it all in a context. On the other hand, if they're holding a glass of wine, this can prevent them from crossing their arms, though they might be creating a barrier in another way say by holding that arm in front of them to block you emotionally in that way so successful reading of body language is going to require that you observe clusters of signals to consider and, and consider the context so if you're interested in learning more about body language let me know i will share more information about this i think this is a fascinating topic and i don't know if everybody else is interested or just me so Let me know your thoughts. I will share all kinds of good stuff for you on body language. And I'm going to link to a couple videos up here where I talked about body language in the past too. All right, I'm going to wrap up for now. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thank you for letting me be a part of yours. It really means a lot to me. I'll see you soon. Hugs, love, and all that good stuff. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. How do you increase your emotional intelligence? Is it possible to get yourself a higher EQ just by choosing to do so and if so, how do you do that? That's what we're talking about today at QueenBeing.com. So, let's get going. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. But first, do you have your coffee? Today, I'm using my little QueenBeing coffee cup. I'm excited. The term emotional intelligence refers to your ability to understand the motivations of other people, to understand your own emotions and your own motivations and to communicate these things effectively. While a lot of emphasis is placed on the importance of IQ or intelligence quotient, it is actually EQ or emotional quotient that is in many ways more useful on a day-to-day basis. The thing is, it enables you to communicate and get along well with other people, as well as to influence those things around you and work as part of a team. Effectively, it's a beautiful thing my friend, it's critical for a successful career and let's be honest, It's really important to any other successful type of relationship that you're going to have in your lifetime, romantic or otherwise. But how can you increase your EQ? Well, there are a few methods that you can use. Today we're going to talk about one of the most straightforward ways, which is mindfulness. What is mindfulness exactly? Well, for people who don't know, Mindfulness is a form of meditation that is taught as part of CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. This is currently one of the most popular psychotherapeutic approaches for treating a range of mental health disorders such as anxiety, various phobias and depression. I know a lot of us who have been abused by narcissists suffer some of those things. So the general idea behind CBT is that our emotions and our behaviors are controlled by our thoughts. Now if you're experiencing anxiety for instance, then there's a good chance that this is being created by ruminations and thoughts that are causing you to become anxious. A phobia of heights, for example, might be caused by thoughts like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna fall. So in order to help people identify thought processes like this, CBT teaches mindfulness as a form of self-reflection. This involves sitting quietly and simply observing the contents of your own thoughts. Now as they pass by, you might notice little things like, my gosh, I'm gonna fall. But unlike other forms of meditation, you're not really trying to quiet your thoughts here. Instead, you're just noting them and reflecting on them. Does that make sense? So that means the next step then is to try to alter these thoughts by challenging their assumption and using positive affirmations, ultimately resulting in healthier behavior. How can this help you train your EQ? How can you get a, a higher EQ out of this deal? Basically, emotional intelligence boils down to your ability to observe the thoughts and the feelings of other people and then to act accordingly. At the same time, it also incorporates your ability to manage your own emotions. So all of this can be aided by listening to your own thoughts. When you're aware of your own thought processes, you will not only be more aware of how your own mind works and how to influence your own feelings, you will also have more insight for how the minds of other people work. So if you learn mindfulness, you'll be one step closer to mastering your own emotional intelligence about that. Well, I'm gonna give you a few more tips on how to increase your mindfulness, alright? So the first thing you want to do is think about doing some affirmations, okay? So using positive affirmations can help you program your own mind sort of to speak in a positive voice more often. When we've been through the narcissistic abuse, we often have the voice of the narcissist in the back of our heads telling us we're not good enough, telling us we're terrible, telling us all the same, same things they told us while we were with them. But if you use positive affirmations, which are positive statements written in the president, present sense, you should say these things out loud first thing in the morning when you wake up and just before you go to bed at night as these are times when your brain is most receptive to affirmations. Regular repetition throughout the day will also help to reinforce the positive messages and help them to become second nature. The next step is to focus on self-awareness. So it's important to be aware of that voice in your head. Listen to what it's saying, listen to how it's talking to you. If it's constantly negative, then you need to take action to turn it into a supportive positive voice. Make it your own voice instead of the voice of that narcissist. Okay, listen carefully and when you catch a negative statement or a negative thought, turn it into a positive statement instead. Easy. Next up, meditate. Regular meditation can help you to develop greater control over your own thoughts and your own emotions. You're going to learn to listen carefully and quiet your inner voice. This will help you to create a sense of calm and a sense of peace. It lessens your stress and your anxiety. As you gain greater control over your mind, you'll be able to silence the negative voice when it starts to speak. Next up, be grateful. Oh, yeah, y'all know I tell you this every day. Ten things you're grateful for, three things you love about yourself. Take the time to think of at least ten things a day that you're grateful for. It is all too easy to lose yourself in the negative aspects of the day and to give into the negative voice in your head. Instead, focus on the positive and be grateful. Write down the things that you're grateful for in a journal. Remember them and revisit them when needed. It'll help you to stay in the right frame of mind, the right vibration. Next up, change your perspective. I say this all the time, but we really are we really do bring about what we think about. Catastrophic thinking can be all too easy and it takes over in times of stress and anxiety. Instead of thinking about all the negative things and all of the negative possible outcomes, stand back a minute and look at the situation from a different point of view. Create some distance. That's the next one. Distance yourself. Create some distance between yourself and your emotions. An effective yet simple way to do this is to think in the third person. How about that? So instead of saying to yourself, oh, I'm really angry with myself because say you're really angry. Why is that? By creating psychological distance from the situation, you can learn to regulate your emotions and and, and reduce your discomfort. There was a study on this very thing done by Ethan Cross, a, a, a PhD from the University of Michigan that proved it. So it's a fact, how about that? Next up, say I don't. What do I mean? Well, one simple change that you can make is to use the phrase I don't, instead of I can't. So by saying I don't, you are taking responsibility and ownership of your thoughts. So if you're trying to lose weight, then instead of saying, oh, I can't eat cake, you could say, no, sorry I don't eat cake. The thing is the power of this approach was actually found in a study by Vanessa Patrick from the University of Houston. Here's another one, use NLP coaching or hypnotherapy by investing in professional help, NLP by the way is Neuro Linguistic Programming, but by investing in professional help, you Will have the benefit of mentoring and accountability. These professionals are able to help you to use a range of tools to help change your subconscious mind and remove blocks. This changes your language and thought patterns and helps you create new positive habits and behavior. Next up, body language. We just talked about this earlier today. Changing your body language can change your outlook and increase your sense of positivity and self-confidence so hey stand up sit up straight with your shoulders back you know hold your head up high and smile never hurts does it <laughs> finally my final tip for the day and this one's a little woo woo but just go with me on it oracle cards Oracle cards are a really useful tool to help you connect with your subconscious and also to create change in your life. They include positive inspirational images, affirmations, and ideas about how you can create change. Pick a card each morning to guide you through the day creating positive change. If you don't want to use the cards yourself, you can get a reading done by a professional Oracle reader or you can use NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, that way, you know, with a hypnotherapist. On my phone I have an app that a couple different oracle card apps but i have this one that's actually a tarot card app but it sends me a card of the day always helps me to kind of think about different things you know it, it, it offers little lessons and perspectives and it's kind of fun to, to look at so there you go <laughs> do you want to learn more about how to increase your eq if so leave me a like and a comment and let me know and now it's time for the question of the day and the question of the day is are you using mindfulness to increase your own emotional quotient? Do you feel like you need to increase your emotional quotient, or do you feel like you're all set in that area? Let's talk about it. Share your thoughts in your comments below. I know that as a survivor myself, I learned very early how to read body language and how to understand people, maybe by accident, maybe by nature, but either way, that's how it worked for me. And as I've gotten older and studied it, I find it incredibly fascinating. So I would be very happy to share with you more information on this, but tell me your thoughts. Tell me what you think about this. In the comments below. All right, I'm gonna wrap up for now. I'll see you later for another video. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really doesn't mean a lot to me. See you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Good morning, survivors, and happy Wednesday. Today I thought we'd talk about three types of intelligence that you need to be successful in life and which of those the narcissist probably doesn't have. All right, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create a life. But first, you know what I'm going to ask you, right? Pretty sure you do. Do you have your coffee? (laughs) This cup is, as you know, one of my favorite dollar store collection cups. I meant to use my new Queen Bee cup today that I got for my birthday yesterday, but I forgot. So, real quick before we get started, here is a couple of... Well, I'm gonna share with you a couple of uh, shots from my birthday yesterday. Here we go. So yesterday while I was live on YouTube, my sister came up, (laughs) came over and she sent me this this message while I was live and she said, "Uh, I don't want to scare you, but I'm in your house cleaning your bathtub. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? So then I joked on my live call that Piper was, you know, the the text is coming from inside the house. It was funny. Anyway, so here's what Piper did for me. Presents from Piper. Thank you, Piper. <laughs> okay, I'm going to open them and maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys. Later in the day, the kids and I went out to dinner and had a really lovely Mexican dinner. Here's that. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Burby says happy birthday, too. Oops. You. Birthday dinner. And then. Uh, my friend Evelyn brought me a cake over um, last night, and the night before that, my friend, or the day before that, my friend slash business manager Melina brought me uh, a cake and some other little gifts and a balloon. So it was awesome. I got spoiled on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Thanks again to all of you who wished me a happy birthday yesterday, and to all of my span members and admins and Facebook friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys totally brightened my day. All right, let's get on with it. So let's, let's talk about intelligence, shall we? So what, how many types of intelligence are there? Well, here's the deal. Some people, experts say there are only two. Others say up to nine. So today we're just going to cover three. Which types do you think matter for success and happiness? Well, there are the three types that we're going to discuss that have a serious impact on your success. And the first one, shockingly, doesn't really matter very much. Um, But fortunately, the other two types are the ones that matter, and those are the types that you and I, as empaths, probably have the most knowledge of. Here we go. All right? So we're going to talk about the critical types of intelligence, how you can build them, and how they can give you more success. Plus, we're going to discuss which of those the narcissist probably doesn't have. All right? So let's do that. So obviously, the first type that we're going to talk about is IQ. Okay? Okay. Pure IQ is the common type of intelligence that we all know. The intelligence quotient, as it were. It's the type of of intelligence that smart people have, right? Um, If you think about Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, you know, you're talking about that type of intelligence, okay? People with this type of a high IQ and intelligence quotient tend to learn more quickly. They tend to um, be more employable. More options. Uh, they can often successfully deal with a much wider range of college majors. They, you know, not everybody can become a physician or an astrophysicist, but people that have you a have a better chance of having that happen. Um, it won't help you be a better real estate agent. It won't help you be, uh, you know, a better customer service type person in most situations um, than an average person. Okay. IQ is not going to help you in that way. Relationships between seemingly unrelated fields and concepts can be seen very easily by someone with a high IQ, but the high IQ and success are not always correlated, believe it or not. Uh, There are a lot of intelligent people who are unable to hold a job that actually meets their intellectual capacity, and they're underemployed or unemployed, okay? So clearly, more than a high IQ is needed to be successful. I guess my point is that if you want to look at it this way, you do have something over the narcissist. Regardless of IQ, you you most likely have a much higher EQ and social intelligence than a narcissist. Um, It's generally believed that you can't change your IQ, although I don't know if that's true, Uh, but you can always learn more. You you can always increase the um, amount of information you have, right? You can learn public speaking skills. You can learn geometry. You can learn how to speak another language. But emotional intelligence and social intelligence, if you choose to, you can improve those very quickly. Uh, You can enhance social skills. You can work on those emotional skills. You can develop them further. You can learn appropriate behaviors for different settings if you choose to. (laughs) Obviously, tons of books have been written on this. Many videos have been done on this. Uh, People are always working, some people are always working to do a little bit better in their life. But you can learn these skills from the comfort of your home if you want to. Uh, but you have to practice them in the real world to make them your own. Understand? So if I'm you and I want to increase one of those parts of my life or one of those areas of intelligence, you know, learn what you need to know. Be knowledgeable in your area of interest and perfect your emotional and social intelligence. Um, a lack of, like I said, a lack of these two types of intelligence can have extremely serious um impacts on your results as you go forward all right so be aware after you've been through narcissistic abuse you may feel like you don't have any intelligence at all but the truth is you do sometimes you just need to dig it out and here's a way two ways that you're a little better than the narcissist if you want to look at it that way something to think about all right i'm going to wrap up for now get this girl's school get this video online and i'll see you guys later today for another video thanks so much as always for everything thanks for all your support love and Thanks for being there. Thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It means more to me than I can say. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.